Well, good morning again. I have uh, I've been here for not quite five years preaching. Um, coming up on five years, beginning of next year. Uh, but that means roughly, with two sermons a Sunday, roughly. Uh, means 520 sermons. Uh, there was a stretch where we were doing three, but roughly 520 sermons. And I have never once in that time forgotten to plug my microphone in. Christmas Sunday, and I did today. So everybody at home, what I did say was good morning and Merry Christmas. I'm sure I looked funnier than normal, uh, waving my arms around, but it is a Merry Christmas. It is a wonderful time, a wonderful time of year and wonderful celebrations when we think about, celebrate Jesus Christ. Turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. I am often fascinated, and, and you probably have been as well, if you think back uh, through your life or maybe through the lives of others, I've often been fascinated when you find and see in hindsight the right person at the right place at the right time. You begin to uh, truly wonder and sometimes believe that there is a plan and there is a reason for many things that we do reason for many things in which we are involved. Uh, and and I, I get fascinated by Sometimes it's, it's the right place, the right time, the wrong person. Uh, I, I don't know what you were doing on Thursday at about 1 o'clock. Uh, I don't know where you were. Uh, I, I'll tell you where Erica Cottle was not. She was not at the CVS Pharmacy. I was at the CVS pharmacy. I was picking up Sam. Uh, you know, he got let out of school conveniently in the middle of the day. Uh, and so I had to go and pick him up. And I was there a little bit early, so I went by the pharmacy. As you know, certainly in the pharmacy, a lot of people have masks on. You're wearing your mask. Somebody comes around a corner. I said, hi, how you doing? Uh, what are you up to? Some weather we're having, right? Looking forward to Sunday? I was talking to your husband. <laughs> Carried on about a six-minute conversation with somebody I didn't even know. She didn't know me. She ran for the door. And the worst part was, see, I realized this about three minutes into that conversation. So the last three minutes were just trying to get out of it. Glad I was wearing a mask. She didn't know who I was. See, she's probably telling that story today. I met some crazy guy at CVS. You know, you often strike up conversations. That's fine. You know, with people you don't know. Actually, I do that quite a bit. But this was, this was rather excited. <laughs> it's good to see you. Her and her husband certainly had, I'm sure, an interesting conversation about who he knew. 
where he was. Anyway, that might have been the right time, might have been the right place, but that was the wrong person. Here today, as we look at the shepherds, I think we do find the right time, the right place, and the right person or right people for the job. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the love that you have shown to this church, to this body, to our history. We thank you for the love that you've shown to each individual here at the birth of Christ. And not only the birth, but but to be carried through clear to the resurrection. We thank you, Father, for so many things that we can learn in your word through your servants. And so, Father, we ask that now, that we are able to see some of these moments and times of obedience and courage, and that we might apply them to our own life. In Jesus' name, amen. I've asked you to turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. And most people ask the question, at least sometime in their life, and you may have asked the question before, you might have asked the question this year, why shepherds? You're familiar with the story, and if you're not, we'll get to it here in a moment. But the angels talk to the shepherds about the birth of Jesus Christ. And so you ask the question, why shepherds? I've asked the question a million times, why shepherds? Oh, I understand there were also wise men, that is, magi from the east. But the wise men sought because of study. They sought because they were looking for it. The shepherds sought because of revelation. God chose to reveal these things in a miraculous way to the shepherds. Sometimes we like to get into some some in-depth imagery and some in-depth theology as to why we think it was the shepherds. But perhaps, maybe it's not as in-depth as we thought. Maybe it was, and I I grant you this, maybe it was to show that the message of the cross was for everyone. It was for the well-to-do and the not-so-well-to-do. I understand the message is for the well-to-do along with those who are not. But in this time and this day, a lot of things were for the well-to-do and not for everyone else. The shepherds were not particularly praised for their position or their wealth or their esteem They weren't particularly praised for their influence or their education. Frankly, they really weren't praised all that much for their honesty. Yet here is the heavenly host of God giving a bit of information to the shepherds. I see a couple of things with these shepherds. Number one, they were a nearby audience that could authenticate the message. We know that they were in the fields nearby. Second thing I notice about these shepherds is... They are a nearby audience that could, if they wanted to, spread the news. Perhaps it's shepherds because they were there and they were willing. So most of you are familiar with the traditional Christmas story. There's a census. uh, You know, Caesar Augustus wants to know how many people he's got. And so everybody's got to go back to their hometown, the town of their family line. And Joseph and Mary go back to their hometown, and while they're there, uh, Mary's ready to give birth. Jesus is on his way. Kids don't care about that. They don't wait. When it's ready to go, it's time to go. Notice that with young kids, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, 
They don't tell you when they need to do something. They tell you when they're about to do something. Especially when you're driving along in a car. Dad? All right. Get out. And so they told that Jesus was born. Jesus was born in a barn. He was laid in a manger. Because everybody was in Bethlehem. And there was no place. There was no room for them. And the hotels and the motels, the light was not left on for them. Verse 8, we pick up the story. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. There were shepherds living out nearby. It starts here. The Christmas story, the Christmas message. The message of Jesus Christ to save mankind starts here in the New Testament age. It starts here out in the middle of a field with some shepherds. You see, this is what God was doing. I need to find somebody. I need to find somebody that I can talk to. I need to find somebody that I can reveal some miraculous things to. I need to find somebody that's going to be willing and able to go to others and tell the story. There is a fire that's going to consume all of history from here on out. And I need to know the time, the place, and the person to kindle that fire. And he chooses shepherds out in the field. Bob, Frank, and Mike. But there they were, keeping watch over their flocks by night. You think God can't use you? You think God can't start a message with you? You think He can't start a ministry with you? You think He can't start in your mind, in your heart, to begin to change generations and lives and people around you? He chose shepherds. I don't know if there was three, maybe there was ten. He chose shepherds. There were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. Once again, it begs the question, Why shepherds? There's some speculation as to why shepherds. They're considered ceremoniously unclean, regarded as relatively untrustworthy, actually, which I find ironic. Therefore, the gospel first came to outcasts, and and, and maybe that's why it was shepherds. Or this may hearken back to the fact that this important kingly line began with a shepherd, began with David, and the final king would be ushered in in the presence of shepherds. Unlikely, but possible. Finally, there are those that care for God's people, and they're often known as shepherds. But we have no indication that these shepherds were religious leaders, even in their own home. I mean, after all, were there no priests that the angels could go to? Were there no preachers around? Were there no Pharisees or Sadducees, these members of the Sanhedrin, this Jewish ruling body? Were there no scribes, no teachers of the law? See, this is what we think. That's their job. God can work with them. God certainly can't work with me. Were there no temple servants? Were there no kings or government officials that the angels could go to? Were there no wealthy merchants that travel the world? Was there no one viewed as holy and pious? Why shepherds? You see, I think we're asking the wrong question. I think we've asked the wrong question for years. 
The question is not why shepherds. The question is why these shepherds? Why these shepherds? The question is not why the church. The question is not why people. But the question is why you? Why me? When presented with an opportunity, a moment, a time, a place to talk about Jesus Christ. Why you? I ask why me all the time. But I ask why me in a good way. You've probably thrown up your hands before and said, why me? I asked why me last night. True story. Standing at Sam's doorway as he was asleep. I looked at this precious little boy and I said, why me? Looked at the Christmas tree and the Christmas lights as I'm walking to bed in our warm house. And I thought, why me? Why this incredible blessing to come to me in my life? Why these incredible opportunities? The question is, why these shepherds? Verse 9. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The glory, so you know the angel's going to say the same thing angels always say when they show up, right? Don't be afraid. They say that all the time. Every time you see an angel, you hear Don't be afraid. We'll get there in a minute. But the glory of God shone around them and they were terrified. And just a taste of it, just a piece of the glory of God. After all, it was reflected in the messengers of God, not God himself. They were terrified, which I find interesting when we are confronted with the glory of God, we're confronted with the challenge of God, when we're confronted with this Shekinah glory. I find it interesting that these shepherds were terrified. It must have been powerful because if you read about a description of a shepherd, we even get a description of a shepherd from David in 1 Samuel 17 when David's describing his job as a shepherd to Saul before he faces Goliath. He says this, Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. And we're not talking about killing a lion and a bear with a high-powered rifle at 300 yards. We're talking about a staff. We're talking about a spear, perhaps, maybe a sling. These were not wimps. These were brave, strong men that have been experienced many things. And just a a portion of of the glory of God, and these men are terrified. See, that's the way it is. Look, if it happens to you that way, I understand. That's the way it is sometimes when God shows up and He challenges you and He challenges me with a mission. He challenges us with a message. Perhaps we're taken outside of what we know. Perhaps we're taken outside of what we're used to. That's life. That's ministry. That's Revealing the love and truth of Jesus Christ. Our physical strength and our earthly wisdom and ingenuity can mean next to nothing when God presents us with this challenge at this right time and this right moment. To answer a challenge, to answer the call, requires trust in God, not in ourselves. Of course, the angel, once again, is going to say what angels always say. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
don't be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. The angel says to Zechariah, don't be afraid. You're highly favored. The angel said to Mary, don't be afraid. This is the Son of God, the angel said to Joseph. Don't be afraid. And here, I have good news. Don't be afraid. Representative of God for their mission. And they say, don't be afraid. You see, that's the character, that's the nature of God. And that is what we need to understand when we are presented with the time, when we're presented with the moment, when we can tell and talk about Jesus Christ, that we don't have to be afraid. Every time the good news is taught, every time the good news is preached, every time the good news is heard, and certainly every time an angel shows up with a mission to spread this news, it's always, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I love also that the angels never said to this group of shepherds, hey, look, we got a message for you, um, but you got to clean your life up first. I mean, this is a mess. Look at this place. You, you got to fix this up. You got to fix your life. You got to go back in time and change your ways. You're hopeless. You're gone. You're lost. We did have a message for you. We were thinking that maybe you could help. No, it was the shepherds as they are. And they were given the message of the glory of Jesus Christ. You're that same person. You can be that same person. Don't be afraid. Live in fear, but not be terrified. Remember, the fear of God. That is an awesome respect for who He is and what He is. That's reverence for God. But don't be terrified of God. Don't be terrified of His mission. Don't be terrified of His calling. Don't be terrified of His challenges. You see, humanity yearns for hope, for meaning, for purpose. You know that, and I know that. That's what's, that's what's gnawing at your heart, meaning, purpose, value. Within every human heart is the knowledge of eternity, unless we deny that. Without God as a vital part of our existence, only emptiness fills our lives. Only futility fills our lives. Only futility remains. The world was lost in darkness before Jesus came. God spoke through His prophets for thousands of years concerning Jesus. And then He was silent for 400 years leading up to Jesus Christ. No prophets were heard. That's, that's, that's why this was such big news. Because this world, this, this, this nation, this group of people came out of silence. They came out of fear. They came out of uncertainty. They came out of wonder. They came out of confusion. They came out of all of these things that we don't like. And the angel showed up. She said, I've got good news. Great news. Jesus is here. Between Malachi and Matthew, that's that little page between Old Testament and New Testament in your Bible. That one little page represents 400 years. It was setting the stage for the greatest event of all time. Maybe the second greatest event. It talks about the resurrection of Christ. Here's the message, verse 11. Today in the town of David, that's Bethlehem, that's where David's from, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. That is the specially chosen, anointed one of God. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. 
couple of observations here when I read through that. Number one, the message proper, that is before the angels begin to worship, before the angels begin to sing. I'm talking about the specific message, the message proper to the shepherds was a short message. This is where it starts. From here on out, all of eternity is going to be different. And it starts with these people in this field. In the town of David, the Savior has been born to you. He's Messiah, the Lord. Now, they showed some evidence. They talked about some evidence when it came to a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. But the message was short. It was simple. It was direct. It was to the point. (laughs) Some of you are thinking, yes, exactly. Come on. It was short, but it was effective. Well, this is what we say when confronted with the right time and the right place. I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know how to start. Trust me, you can start talking to anybody. I guarantee you. I wouldn't know what to say. This is for someone else. Such a common excuse for failing to tell people about Jesus. I mean, haven't we already determined that we can't? This success cannot be based upon your strength, your ingenuity, even your earthly wisdom. That's the first thing I noticed, just the short, direct, to-the-point message. The second thing is they offered evidence. They offered evidence so these shepherds would believe. The evidence was a baby in a barn wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. They didn't take the shepherds up to what they called the third heaven, right? And we see that happening with John. We see that happening with Paul. Paul says a guy he knew, but everybody thinks it's Paul. We see that happening with a number of people to show them, to tell them, look, this is the whole backstory. This is how I put everything together. No, they gave them some evidence. Evidence that Jesus is the Christ. They gave evidence, not proof. They gave the shepherds the opportunity to either believe the message and act on it or disregard the message. We have that same opportunity. I don't want there, I don't want, I don't want my faith to be taken away from me. And you know a great way to take your faith away from you? You know a great way to deny you and your family and everybody you know faith? You know what a great way is? To show proof. I love the fact that I get to trust God because of the evidence I've seen and I've read and I've heard. I know He loves it when we follow Him, when we trust Him because of the evidence. Are the angels proof? Do the angels guarantee belief? Church, we should know by now that even the miraculous things do not guarantee belief, much less trust. See Pharaoh in Scripture. See Judas. See the Israelites in the wilderness. In fact, for that matter, see the very words of Christ. Luke chapter 16, he answered them, I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for as I have five brothers, let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. That's the Bible. That's kind of the Old Testament Bible. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, look, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. A wonderful gift, this faith. And so the angels allow shepherds to act upon faith. Look at 13 and 14. 13 and 14 say this, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, 
praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. You've, you, maybe you've heard it said, uh, goodwill toward men. I think the NIV here, by the way, just, just as an aside, I think the NIV is a great translation for these actual words. Something we need to remember so we don't get disillusioned as we go through life. We, we don't think that maybe the Bible's you know, lying to us or giving us a wrong message. This peace that we talk about here, that the angels are talking about, this, this worshiping that they're doing, this is not peace between people, okay? That's not what the angels are talking about. Matthew himself said, or uh, Jesus himself said in Matthew 10, do not suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I haven't come to bring peace. I've come to bring a sword. This message of truth is going to divide. This message of truth is going to be hard to handle. It's not peace between people that the angels are talking about, though that is something for which to strive. You ought to strive for those things. We're commanded to strive for those things, at least if it's in our power, Romans 12, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. By the way, this is not also a guarantee of goodwill between people, though this is something that Christians are commanded to obey. Matthew 5, you've heard that was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love only those who love you, what reward will you get? This isn't goodwill and peace between people. This is a message and a guarantee that there is peace between God and man through Jesus Christ. That's what it is. Peace between you and a perfect God. You say, I don't even know how it's possible. Exactly. It's only possible through Jesus Christ. To be seen as morally perfect. You say to yourself, maybe I don't deserve that. Exactly. You don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. Boy, if you crawled in my head, if you saw all my past, but if you believe in Jesus, he's the one that stands for you. He's the one that represents you. So you are seen as holy before God. It guarantees peace between God and man through Jesus Christ, ushered in on Christmas, made final at the resurrection, and fully realized in the end of days. Beautiful message, a beautiful time of worship. Look at verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. You see, and this is really the key verse of this entire story. At the beginning, we asked, why these shepherds? Why these shepherds? Why were these shepherds blessed with the opportunity to participate in the greatest event of all time in human history? By the way, look back and read that whole section again if you want to. At no point did the angels actually command the shepherds to go and see Jesus. Read through it a million times. Go ahead. At no point did anybody tell anybody to go and do anything. But God went to the right people at that time, and in that place. The shepherds found themselves at a time and a place not ordained or constructed by them, but by God. But the shepherds had a choice to make, 
and chose, as much as God, to be the right people for the job. We asked with Joseph, would God choose you? When faith had to be shown. We asked with Mary, will you say yes when the challenge is laid before you? And like Joseph, like Mary, the shepherd said yes. That's for you. That's for you. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the great thing about that is. That's for you today. You don't have to go back in history. You don't have to go back into your life and think that you have lost the ability and the opportunity to do these things, to participate in the mission of God, the building of the kingdom. When people want to sit down, when they need to hear, when they want to talk about the birth of Jesus Christ, when they want to talk about forgiveness, when they want to talk about love, when they want to talk about what this peace and joy actually is. You don't have to throw up your hands because of your past and say, well, I missed my chance. I guess I'm not on that team. I guess I can't be used by this. I sure wish I could. Today's the day. Now's the moment. Are you the person? Are you the person? Some of us have gotten pretty good at strutting, I think, right? I happen to be a professional strutter, right? We strut sometimes. When not presented with a challenge, when not presented with something that takes us out of the ordinary, when not presented with acting upon some serious faith, Sometimes we strut a little bit. We need to understand that life, these challenges, is living out this wonderful message of the cross can be difficult. It could be daunting. And we get to choose whether or not we're the right person for the job. And so they hurried off. They hurried off in verse 16. You see, this is where my, my imagination comes into play. I, I do picture Frank and Bob and Mike. And I, I picture Frank as the older and kind of seasoned, kind of wise shepherd. And, and Bob and Mike are just the early 20s, just, you know, barely, barely adults or kids, right? And they're just excited. They're going crazy. They're going nuts. I think Bob probably saw him first. This, this amazing, you know, just, just angel and this beautiful, just wonderful Shekinah glory of God. Looking over. Frank, are you seeing this? Frank, yeah, I'm seeing it. Good, because I, 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 so it's not just me, right? And now they're excited about this. You see, now they've heard about this Savior. They don't know everything there is to know about who Jesus is and what Jesus is, but they've been given a wonderful message of life. They've been given a wonderful message of hope, and they want to run off, they want to see, and then they want to tell. And I just think they're just excited, just jumping all over Frank, and he's, come on, come on, can we go, can we go? Frank says, well, somebody's got to stay here and watch the sheep, guys. So why don't you two go, and I'll stay here. And they go, and they see Jesus. They see Mary. They see Joseph. They see the manger. They see everything that the angels said, all this evidence before them, that this is the king, the Messiah. And all the while, Frank stays in the field, just has this incredible worship time, praising God, singing to himself, right? This is the way I see this play out. They hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph. The baby was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word. 
They talked about it. They went places. They told about who Jesus is and what Jesus is. They told them about the message of this Savior that came to mankind. They went to every person they found. They went to people they didn't know in a CVS pharmacy and said, you're not going to believe this. They told everybody. Do you tell? Do you talk? Guys, you have about this much time on this earth. Goes by faster and faster every day, doesn't it? Hey, I'm only 39 years old. It goes by fast. Sam said he was, uh, I don't know, something about something he said, but it was a long time ago when I experienced that. They went and they told about it. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You know what I find fascinating about the church, about Scripture? The first evangelists in the church era were not priests. They were not preachers. The very first evangelists. They weren't Levites, temple servants. It was not John the Baptist. They weren't even prophets. They were not the well-to-do or the well-educated. They were not the most popular. They didn't have the highest station. And again, they weren't even the most trusted They were not great orators, though perhaps they were great storytellers. They were shepherds, shepherds. But they were the right people at the right place at the right time. They chose to be the right ones. So the question is, are you the right person? You have this choice. There ain't anybody else that can choose this for you. You have this choice to be the right person at any given time in any given moment to show love, to tell about Jesus, to be patient, to be self-controlled, to forgive. All of these wonderful expressions, all of these fruits of the Spirit, you can be that person, that right person. But these things must be our desire. These are things that we have to look forward to. These are things that we have to see. These are things that we have to notice. The moments and times that we have to recognize. Do we seek? Do we seek? Or are you oblivious to the situations around you? Are you oblivious to the crazy and and, and wonderful Moments and situations and times where you can express love about Jesus. We talked about three shepherds. I don't know, maybe there was a fourth. Maybe there was a fourth shepherd on the other side of the hill, fast asleep. Didn't see any of it. What about that? What if you missed out on this entire thing? What if you missed out on this entire moment, this time, this place? To talk about Jesus, to see Jesus. Because he wasn't awake, he wasn't vigilant. Because he wasn't looking, because he wasn't watching. Because he didn't care. Next week, we see some guys who cared very much. You have to ask yourself the question, do you know, do you realize, do you want, do you seek? Are you wise? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the love of Christ. We thank you for this moment in time that these these shepherds chose to be the right person, the right people 
for the job. Father, we know that we are given moment after moment after moment to show who Jesus is. And we also know, Father, that you give us, you, you, the, the, the king of creation gives us the opportunity to choose to be the right person in that time, in that place, in that moment for that message. Father, help us as we go through in, in, a, in a world that just seems to be crumbling, in a world that seems to be crying, in a world that seems to be terrified, that we would be the right person for the job, the job of love, the job of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand and sing. in that place time of that place may be today for you and maybe tomorrow uh, I want you to seriously consider what we've talked about when it comes to the shepherds you get to choose whether or not to be the right person in that moment to show and share the love of Jesus Christ and I hope you have a chance to do that throughout our Christmas season I encourage you to be back here for Christmas Eve uh, again, 4.30 and 6 o'clock. You can come to one or the other. And uh, then and then next week, by the way, next week, uh, I, I want you to be here. I want you to be uh, tuning in at your house because we're going to talk about what we're expecting next year from a sermon standpoint, but also from an evangelistic standpoint a little bit. We're going to have some opportunities to grow in discipleship and a few other things. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit next week and prepare us. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the love that you have for us. We thank you the love that, for the love that you have shown through Jesus, uh, this, this, this great and perfect expression. And so, Father, we ask that we express that same thing 
uh, that, that give that same message at various opportunities, various moments, uh, that if we're not looking carefully, we might even slip by. Father, help us to be the shepherds in the field. In Jesus' name, amen.